0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Super major news, major, major Gabby news. My ninth book. Yes, I can't even believe this is my ninth book. My ninth book, Happy Days Your Guided Path from Trauma to Profound Freedom and Inner Peace, is coming out in February. And we've officially launched this book in a massive, massive way. Here's how it works when you go to deargabby.com forward slash happy days, You can pre-order the book and then just come back to the page and submit your receipt information and I'm going to give you a free VIP ticket to a full day live online event experience with me. It's going to be so rocking, like the video cameras and all of the Zoomers coming up on the screen and I'll be able to see you almost life-size and I'm going to take you through an entire day's worth of workshopping and material really revealing all the ins and outs of this book so that you can just give yourself the opportunity of getting that jump start and rock your world. I'm going to literally rock your world. We're going to do meditations. We're going to do tapping meditations, guided talks, Q&A, so much beautiful group work. There's breakout sessions. There's so much that can happen inside this digital experience. So everyone gets a front row seat. You have a VIP ticket for free. Just go to deargabby.com forward slash happy days, pre-order the book and get ready because that launch week, we're going to do an entire day long live online event experience together. Go to deargabby.com forward slash happy days for your free VIP ticket. Secure that VIP ticket because it will expire. It's totally free when you pre-order the book, deargabby.com forward slash happy days. Today's show is really unique in that it was recorded as one of the absolute first, it might even have been the first episode that I recorded for Dear Gabby. And I chose this guest to be one of the early adapters to the big talks because she's somebody that I fell in love with. It was love at first sight. I'm not even kidding. Love at first sight. I did her podcast two in, a year and a half ago, maybe, and I looked at her and I just saw myself in her, not just because we look a lot alike, but because there was just such a kindred spirit and such a similar energy and such a shared commitment to faith and love. And this guest is my dear friend, my sister, Fern Cotton. I'm not sure if you've ever had one of those friends that you just know is like a soul sister that you could be up all night watching movies or just chit-chatting and gossiping, but you've actually never met in person. That's the case for myself and my girl, Fern. She lives in England, so I've never met her in person, but I've got this deep connection. It's just wild. And as you know, uh, listening to Dear Gabby, I have a huge passion for prayer. And leaning on prayer has literally saved my life more times than I can count. And in today's Big Talk episode, I have Fern on and we're talking about prayers. Right away, we jump in to talk about prayers. And actually talking to Fern felt like a prayer itself she and I tackled these huge topics. Because as you know, I don't do small talk. I only do big talk. We just went right for it. And we both felt this beautiful sense of connection and support and ease and this very vulnerable opportunity to be authentic with one another. And as I mentioned, this podcast was recorded a year ago. And what was so profound was that we knew we could put it in at any time because the message was so authentic that it could be gifted to us whenever, and now felt like the exact perfect moment. And when I connect with Fern, we just go deep into all the stuff that's up. We start dishing about sleep issues and all the stuff that we're experiencing at home with our children. And when my son Ollie was about 10 days old, I downloaded a prayer that I said to him. And when I say downloaded, like channeled this prayer And I've been saying it ever since. And so I share that prayer with Fern so she could use it with her son and with you. You can use it with your children or for yourself. And it's a prayer that you can say every single night before you go to bed. And that's just one small part of what we talked about. We we share how we both lean into joy and focus on what's thriving in our life like it's a full-time job because it is. We talk about the power of speaking your truth and how you can do that with confidence and with ease. We talk about how to dismantle the belief that it's selfish to feel good. I mean, come on people, you know my theory, it's good to feel good. And we talk about how to master the art of allowing rather than strangling our desires or controlling them. We talk about the art of allowing and we talk about how to tap into feelings of deep worthiness. Listen to me, friends. Fern is fierce. Her energy will light you up. And I just can't wait for you to hear her and to experience this wisdom that comes through. And if you feel called, leave a review and share what your favorite part of this big talk was. We love hearing from you. All of the reviews that we get about this podcast really give us insight into what to do more of and what to do less of. And so thank you. I am so excited to share the gift of my soul sister, Fern Cotton. I'm really excited to tell you about one of my favorite things. My bowl and branch sheets. They're so good. This is a company that I've been a fan of for so many years, and you guys have heard me talk about how important sleep is to me. It's probably one of the most important parts of my wellness routine is to have very deep sleep. We spend one third of our lives in bed. So pure organic cotton sheets from Bowling Branch make a truly special gift. They make the highest quality sheets by doing things the right way, not the easy way. Sometimes I struggle to think about the right gifts, but because sleep is so important to me, I want to give that gift to my loved ones. Bone Branch never disappoints with their high-quality sheets, blankets, pillows, and throws. Plus, their holiday packaging makes your gift look and feel special. Bolland Branch makes my favorite sheets that I sleep on every single night. These sheets are the most luxurious and soft sheets I've ever slept on. They're super lightweight and made of 100% organic cotton weave, and that feels so awesome in all seasons. They come in a wide range of colors and all sizes, from twin to California king. Plus, they're completely toxin-free and fair trade certified. I have the white ones, and I love how crisp and clean they look on my bed. And this company was founded by a husband and wife team, Scott and Missy. And I love a good husband and wife team. They are really committed to the highest standard embedding by doing things the right way, not the easy way, all at a fair price. Bull and Branch holds themselves to high standards across the board, from sourcing pure organic cotton to putting workers' rights first. Treat yourself and your loved ones to the new standard embedding from Bull and Branch, their gifts come wrapped and ready in the special holiday packaging order by December 19th for guaranteed delivery by Christmas. Best deals of the year going on now from 12-6 to 12-8 with the promo code Gabby at com. That's B-O-L-L-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H.com. Promo code Gabby, G-A-B-B-Y. Exclusions may apply. Had to set the stage for every listener right now in this moment that this is not an interview because Gabby Bernstein is is not, I suck at interviews. And so this is me really selfishly envisioning, I'm holding this vision that we're sitting in a cafe in England, in London, or in New York City, and that we're just like holding hands, staring into each other's eyes with a coffee, and just so psyched to be physically connected in a world where we've established this friendship. Because-
1: Oh, I would love that. I would love to be, even if you know, we were on a bench in the street. I don't care where we were. I would like to just be with other humans, specifically you, chatting. That, to me, is... I was just having this conversation because lovely Eve, who I've just done a podcast with, who is in love with you, she was doing your manifesting challenge. She knows you. You've been a huge part of her journey. She said, oh, what, what makes you happy? And I, I had to try and work out, well, what is it? What is all of the things under one umbrella. And it's connection. Like yeah. I want to feel connection to obviously my family, people I love, but also connection with people that just like bouncing off ideas and getting excited. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's the best thing ever.
0: And let me tell everybody actually about our connection because. Yes. So I was invited on your podcast only, what, two, three months ago? Not very long ago. Yeah. Yeah. I had followed you from afar. I had been told by Every single one of my British friends, that this was the most important British podcast I could go on. And so I was like, okay, this is happening. And then taking you in, I looked at you from afar, knowing before we even joined forces together on your podcast that we were going to be friends. The day that we did that podcast, I looked you in the eye and I said, we have to know each other more. And then it just went right
1: in. We just went big. That was like the coolest thing ever. So, I, I, first of all, was, like, boasting to Daisy May Cooper, who we both loved. May. Friend of love. Daisy mine. Like, well, I'm afraid I'm friends with Gabby now, and you need to up your game. Because <laughs> she was so chuffed that she had got... <laughs> she had watched one of your Instagram lives, and she'd asked a question, and you had picked up on her question, and she was ringing me after, oh, my God, Gabby, answered my question. And I was like, I need to one-up her. And then we did our episode... And we're voice noting after. And it is a really magical thing, certainly when you're at a certain age in your adult life where you make a new friend. Totally. Because we kind of think that it's only when we're kids because we're in the playground and or we're at school or whatever. But when you make a connection, because it's so few and far between, but when you make a solid connection with someone as adults, it's really, really special and really exciting because it's so infrequent. And we don't meet people, especially at the moment, we're not really meeting new people. It's quite an awkward thing, unless you're starting a new job, or there's like a specific sort of specific circumstance where you're thrown into a new pool of people. But just sort of randomly, it's really rare. So I'm like holding on and cherishing it so much. I love chatting to you. For me, it's also like, a chance to learn so much, having been an avid reader of your books and follower of what you do. For me, it's just like, wow, I get to, as a friend, ask you for advice with hopefully not abusing that sort of connection. You can, but you ask, can you ask me for, for advice. Anything. And, and but I know that you me. will give it from the heart. You know, it's like that's that is really valuable and amazing. It was always gonna happen, but I'm so glad that that we became friends. Our friendship is the
0: exact embodiment of what this episode of Dear Gabby is all about. It's this concept that there's no small talk. There's just big talk. All I want in my life personally, is to just go in, go big, and get right to the point of what is up. And you and I have had this experience of just from the get-go, getting right into the jugular of what is up and and addressing it and talking openly about our personal growth and our spiritual connections and our difficult moments. And that's what we're going to chat about as much as we feel open to today, because that's what this is. This time that we're living in is, is something a time when I believe that people are craving that kind of connection more than we ever did before. We took it for
1: granted. Yeah, real stuff. Like we need, I hate small talk. I find it so boring. And I always feel like I don't really know the dance moves. Like when I'm Mm -hmm. doing small talk Mm -hmm. with people, I "I don't really know what I'm meant to say now. Mm -hmm. I don't really know how it works. Mm -hmm. And I feel uncomfortable and I end up getting a bit nervous and probably saying something a bit stupid. Whereas when I'm in deep, like straight away, I am so comfortable. I feel it. So I know what to say next. I, you know, I, I'm excited about either asking questions or listening or saying my bit. It feels like there's a point to it. The other stuff just feels like I've eaten some shitty food. And then I'm like, oh, that was it. Like now, totally, totally. You've eaten shitty food when you have
0: have that kind of small talk conversation. I couldn't agree more. So for the sake of big talk,
1: what's going on with you right now? Where are you at? You know what? I probably need this conversation more than ever. And one subject that I want to discuss with you today is something that is like deeply burning for me at the moment. So Mm. last night I went to bed and my son is not a great sleeper. He's got a huge imagination. He's wildly creative. He is pretty full on at most times and his sleep at the moment is terrible. Right. So I went to bed. I always try and go to bed feeling really positive and like, this is going to be a great night. And then last mm. night he woke up freaking out and I ended up getting in the bunk bed with the kids. That still wouldn't kind of dissipate this fear. So then we all got into my bed. My husband was in the spare room sleeping upstairs because we were anticipating some chaos. Right. Right. And I was sweating and my you know the, both kids were kind of on me and I'm not good with being touched in bed. And my son was freaking out and being scared. And the thing I want to get into today with you one of the things is the notion of what you resist persists. Because mm-hmm. last night I kept going back to that and I kept saying to myself, embrace this fear, mm. embrace your irritation, embrace your worry that tomorrow is going to be a complete write off. And as soon as I started doing that, which I don't do normally, he fell asleep immediately. Yes. My heart nervous system calmed down yeah. and we got a bit of sleep. Like still not enough, if I'm going to be totally honest with you, but I kind of rectified it without doing anything. I just kind of said, let this happen. Just let this all happen. Because when I get into fighter mode of what can I do to stop this and what's wrong? Why does he keep doing this? It's just awful and feels so much worse. So one of the big thoughts for me today is just go back to what you resist persists. Good one. Your kid also is going to pick up that
0: resistance. And so the moment that you surrendered it, which is what you did, or surrendered yeah. to it, he felt you at ease and he was able to be feel safe and, and fall asleep. That is actually the whole thing. Because even in his instance right now where he's struggling to sleep, it's because he's resisting his own fear of not sleeping well or his own inner turmoil that needs to be released. So I, first of all, just want to hold you with so much compassion because I am a survivor of insomnia. That's what I'm going to say. I'm a survivor of postpartum insomnia. It is dark. It's scary. It's very hard when you're not sleeping enough, especially when you're being asked to perform in the world in the way that you are. And when you're being asked to be a leader at a very hard time in the world, sleep is so crucial. So I just want to just just hold you
1: in that. It's big. Well, thank you, because I think you do often feel very alone in it. Like, oh, everybody else's kids sleep. Totally. And, you know, I often have sleep anxiety myself. So I'm just going to keep going back to that. And I kind of think, you know, that's how I'm going to not fix this, but that's how I'm going to find any peace in what's going on. Mm-hmm. And simultaneously whilst remembering this all too shall pass, much Mm. like the pandemic, whenever that might be. But we will all get through these times that feel tricky or like me and my husband are so exhausted right now and we're just doing day at a time. But we keep remembering, you know, he's going to be a like huge bloke one day, like this big man doing his own thing, living his amazing creative life. And we won't be able to get him out of bed. So this will pass. And Mm -hmm. I think it's just really important to remember that. But I, I very quickly go into resistance mode because I want to combat everything. I'm yes. like, I'm energetic. I'm fired up. Like, what can I do? I'm responsible for everything going on right now. And I, I have trouble surrendering. I have trouble letting go. And I wonder, like, that must just come from fear too, I guess.
0: Want another really cool gift idea? Maybe you just want something really special for yourself. It's Higher Dose's portable infrared sauna blanket. I love a sauna and you all know it. It's something so healing for me. But sometimes for people, it can be hard to get to a sauna. But you can get the powerful benefits of infrared and feel the difference after just one session. Infrared increases blood flow for faster recovery, better sleep, and calmer central nervous system. Plus, it naturally releases a dose of happy chemicals in the brain, leaving you feeling euphoric. And there's a sauna blanket that Higher Dose offers that is mind-blowing. It has an amethyst layer for deep benefits of infrared, a tourmaline layer that generates negative ions, a charcoal layer to bind to pollutants, and a clay layer, which is balancing for heat. And if you don't have the budget or the room for a full sauna, this sauna blanket is game changing. You can have the experience and you can also relax in your own space. For those of you who want to experience the benefits of infrared without the sweat, which can be me at times, they also have a really unbelievable infrared PEMF mat that comes in two sizes. I'm truly obsessed with this. It combines the dual technology of infrared with PEMF for an unbelievable recharging experience. PEMF stands for Pulsed Electromagnetic Field, and it works by sending electromagnetic waves through your body at different frequencies to help promote your body's own recovery process. You'll feel relaxed, regrounded, and rebalanced. These mats are built with a thick layer of 100% natural purple amethyst crystals in this beautiful mesh fabric, and these tubes go through the entire mat. The smaller mats fit comfortably in an office chair, and you can just recharge whenever you're working or whatever you're doing if you're watching TV. And whether you're dealing with chronic pain or work out frequently, or just need a moment to totally relax your nervous system, lying on one of these mats just for a couple of minutes can help ease your mind and your body from the inside out. So heal at home or on the go with Higher Doses Portable Infrared Sauna Blanket. Get your own infrared sauna blanket or infrared PEMF mat at higherdose.com today and use the exclusive promo code Gabby75 at checkout to save $75. That's higherdose.com, exclusive promo code GABBY75. Or just go to higherdose.com slash GABBY to get $75 off today. H-I-G-H-E-R-D-O-S-E.com forward slash G-A-B-B-Y to get $75 off today. We wanna control the things that are most uncomfortable because we feel that in our pursuit of controlling that we can find a sense of safety, but that's actually a very false sense of safety. When we try to control, it's actually very interesting that you've identified that your controlling behavior actually is your resistance because a lot of people have it the other way around. They think that as long as I'm controlling, I am moving forward. As long as I'm controlling, I will make things happen. Ultimately, as long as you're in a place of trying to control something, you are resisting the natural order. You are resisting your ability, your innate ability to allow situations to unfold naturally. So, and your kids pick it up and your your lovers pick it up and and, and you get a performance anxiety around, can I sleep? Can I not sleep? So a lot of this is about, and there's some practical things I want to talk about today too for him and for his sake, because I think that because I've lived this, I've mastered sleep hygiene. I've I've gone from zero hours a night to 10 hours a night without any CBD or anything. I just go to bed. That's one of my greatest accomplishments in life. So I want to help you with that. But yeah. the biggest thing is for you to master the art of allowing and in effect, he will start to feel that. I think even just that in itself, my love, is actually this interesting turning point for him. Our kids, no matter how old they are, my kid's two, your kid's, how old is he? He'll be eight next eight. month and
1: then my daughter's five. Eight
0: is a big one, right? He, he is picking up the tension, the fear, the chaos Anyone that's listening or watching right now, if your child is struggling to sleep right now or if you personally are struggling to sleep right now, let yourself off the hook. This is a difficult time that we are living through. This is a horrific experience to be living through. That's real. If you and your husband have to go one night, one night right now, just give yourself full permission to be in the acceptance of what is because this is a difficult time. And even that, Fern, gives you that sense of relief to just be like,
1: Don't you think that that's, you know, the biggest lesson we can all learn as parents? And it's not easy, you know. You want to protect these little monkeys and make sure that you do everything you can so that they're, you know, safe, feel loved, etc. I mean, I, I don't always succeed at that, but it's certainly at the core of how I feel about my children, that sort of innate, protective, lioness sort of energy. And letting go feels often counterintuitive because... You're wanting them to, you want to protect them and keep them safe. So letting go feels a little bit dangerous. And I think it's possibly as they get older, the hardest but most potent lessons that we can really cultivate, letting go is the scariest thing in the whole world. But it's also
0: the most freeing thing that we can do because, look, you and I are action oriented women, which is a great thing. There's nothing wrong with that. We, getting into action is a very important quality. It's the reason we've been able to create as much as we've created in these in these young lives that we are living. I'm like joking about being young, but I feel younger than I've ever felt before. So we are young. We are, we young. are young. And, and so young. you know, blonde and good, right? So uh, <laughs> young, blonde, and good. Uh, <laughs> I like that. I'll have that tag. <laughs> so with all that, I think that this, this need to control, particularly when it comes to parenting, I started learning that lesson of, of what it means to let go of the rope and just, just allow. The thing that really gives me a lot of uh, hope when I'm thinking about my son is I believe that we all have a presence of spiritual guidance around us supporting us. You can call it whatever you want. You can call it God or the universe. I call it a lot of different names, but I also believe that we have spirit guides. I believe that we have ancestors and loved ones and angels. And when I put my son to sleep at night, I say this prayer and I'm gonna give it to you. And, And maybe this is something that you can start to use just silently or out loud if you feel called. And I say, may the angels surround you and protect you and watch over you all through the night. May Archangel Michael protect you May Archangel Raphael keep you healthy and strong, and may you always know that mommy and daddy are by your side. And I've been saying that prayer, which I just, you know, downloaded one day. I've been saying that prayer since he was probably 10 days old. Mm. And I say it out loud to him. And it's almost like a lullaby because when he hears it, he starts to just settle. Like, I'll hold him and I'll Mm, say, and I can see him settle. So I'm going to write it down for you and send it to you. And I Mm. want you to just recite it to yourself silently because that prayer is you turning over his night to the care of his spiritual guides so that you, mama, recognize they've got him. He's got guidance, he's got support, he's got God, he's got the universe, he's got angels, he's got my grandmother or whoever is out there for you. and I can give him over to that.
1: yeah, I think it's so it's so interesting you you've brought that up because prayer has been something that probably, well, during the pandemic that I have really leaned into. And, you know, I'm I'm not aligning that with any particular religion because I didn't grow up yep. in a religious household whatsoever. But mm-hmm. certainly within a sort of spiritual framework, prayer is something I probably used as a kid and then kind of just didn't really think about it. And then this year the amount of people that I know struggling and I mean like deeply struggling not just sort of finding it a bit boring like having some really extreme circumstances brought to the forefront of their lives and just a lot of stress and pain etc I've really felt I guess a comfort in putting them in prayers at night time and saying something quite specific that's just off the cuff off the top of my head as I fall off to sleep Mm -hmm. and it's a really beautiful way of you know, honouring them and and really, you know, sending your your love to them. In. And it feels in quite a physical way rather than emailing them and checking and whatever. Mm. Doing something quite privately that they're not even necessarily aware of. It feels really special and really comforting. Yep. And I do often put my son in my prayers, probably more selfishly, like, Lord, please let him sleep or whoever right. I'm talking to right. that, right. that right. evening. Right. Like, please let him sleep. Right. But I definitely need to direct that probably more acutely towards him so that he feels safe as well. Because I know that he doesn't feel safe at the moment. He feels, I guess, just because everything keeps changing and it's yeah. not a monster or, any, or anything. It's just sort of like a omnipresent nighttime fear. So um, I'm he, really up for trying. I, and I just love, I think, using prayer. People don't really tap into it enough, perhaps. It's something we don't really spend enough time talking about. Hmm. And maybe that's because we do worry about religious connotations or that it's not for us. But... It's such a lovely thing that, that anyone can do. Well, I want to I tell you two things about prayer that
0: mean a lot to me. Because everything I teach, I, I'm a spiritual teacher, but everything I teach is totally non-denominational, completely. For many reasons. One, because I feel connected to the religion that I grew up with, but also because it's not something that I even fully practice in my own home. So I am a, I, I'm a spiritual woman, and that is what I teach. And it doesn't have to be connected to anything that is anything other than what the listener or the reader wants to make it.
1: Gabby. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. I'm on a quest to find the most perfect gifts. I always try to think of something really personal, but I can find myself really struggling at times. So I always rely on body care. Who doesn't want some kind of self-care body care routine? And it's not always something that we think about getting ourselves. So this year, I'm getting all of my friends and family, Osea, the amazing cult favorite skincare line that you've heard me talk about before. Osea has been making products that are clean, vegan, safe for your skin and for the planet for over 25 years. They have award-winning skincare, body scrubs, wellness products, and body treatments. Their Andaria Algae Body Oil has been a favorite of mine for years. They have a ton of great gift sets and options for different price points. And they have really chic, beautiful packaging, so you don't even need to wrap. I love the Andaria Algae Body Oil. It feels so luxurious, rich, not greasy or sticky. And I just glow after putting it on. And as the weather is getting colder, we want to make sure that we moisturize. So Osea just launched their first body butter and it's at the top of my holiday wish list. It has the same intoxicating scent as the body oil and its butter rich texture transforms your skin without being greasy and leaving it soft, smooth and really healthy looking. I had the chance to try it earlier and oh my God, I am so blown away. I'm outside with my son a lot and it's cold and I put it on after we play outside and it's instantly soothing and drying my hands and it feels so luxurious. And I feel safe putting it on my little three-year-old Ollie because it's so clean. So don't be stressed about shopping this holiday season. Make it easy on yourself and stuff those stockings with award-winning skincare and body care from Osea. They have free custom gift notes to make it simple as possible. This holiday season, stock up and share your new favorite clean skincare and body care with your friends and family. We even have a special discount just for my listeners. Get 10% off your first order with promo code GABBY at oseamalibu.com. You get free samples with every order and orders over $50 get free shipping. Gifting is always easier if you start early, so head to OCEAMalibu.com and use the code G-A-B-B-Y. So when we think of prayer, I love this one specific quote from A -A 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 Course in Miracles, which is that the secret to prayer is to forget what you think you need. Because when we are in that prayer of make him sleep tonight, that's just another form of strangling the universe, right? But when you're yes, in a prayer of take this from me, just God, universe, angels, work it out. Get Take it. Forget, forget what I need. You work it out. And that actually opens us up. The thing that I want to open you up to also is that prayer is the medium for miracles. So when we pray, we actually take the resistance that you were initially speaking about. and We say, you know what, resistance? You can just sit back here on the shelf. I don't need you. And you give it over through that prayer and, and it's the medium for miracles because the miracle isn't always that the kid sleeps that night. The miracle could be that this sleep issue leads you to the exact practice that helps him create this new energetic system that helps him grow up with more resilience than he would ever have known before. And you look back in a year and you say, oh my God, thank God we had that moment. Because when difficult things rise to the surface, whether it be sleep or whether it be a physical condition or whether it be a scary moment, they actually reveal to us the next right action they reveal to us the other potential of what can be because even in the midst of a dark moment there is a possibility for some light so one thought that came to me this is when my you know i have this uh, i have to look back at my uh at my enneagram but i'm like a fixer like i always want to like make you know fix things for people so so <laughs> thankfully you're you're open to that part of me but one of the things I wouldn't cool mind ways. suggesting is when we're on our next FaceTime is if you feel called or if you feel he might be comfortable, I would be open to it or you could do it through a video on YouTube, but do some emotional freedom technique tapping with him because through tapping with kids is such an excellent yeah. oh, it's such an excellent way to just bring down the emotional disturbance and t- you could take his anxiety from like a 10 to a 2. So maybe we, maybe I suggest you do it first with like a YouTube video. So if he thinks it's lame, he can just such stop. A good
1: idea. Yeah, or
0: I could do it. Whatever yeah, I've you got feel an app to. on
1: my phone. I, you know, I, I think that's such a good idea. And I hadn't really. It's so funny because I think I haven't really applied many of the things that I've learned in my own life or techniques that I find really helpful to him. And I'm, I'm not even sure why that is. I think I've been too fixated on, you know, what I'm doing wrong, what I've done wrong, why we've ended up here, rather than okay what could actually really help him and I think the tapping could be good because he likes trying new things you know he's a really adventurous little guy with a huge imagination so I think that that's such I can definitely do that tonight and you know and I like the fact that it's just it's all an experiment and like you say you're not looking for the immediate outcome of and then that night he slept all night you're looking for well let's look at the effects here let's look at where that leads us to and you know, in a similar way, when you're talking about manifestation, which I adore and I've taken so much from, it is again, that sort of surrender and, you know, letting the greater good deliver what is needed. And I think time and time again, we all forget that. And our blocks are that we're trying to control things so desperately, rather than just having faith and trust. And maybe, I don't know, is it harder at the moment, because we're in a global pandemic, to have hope and trust, because it feels oh. like it's not really around. It's interesting that, that you said it that way,
0: because I find that when we're in the most difficult moments or sometimes when we can actually access our faith more than we ever could have before. Because when, we're, when everything's working out around us, you don't think about what you're faithful towards. You just sort of get into autopilot But we need to rely on a higher power of our own understanding, a faith of our own understanding, a surrendered state of our own understanding, right, in this moment more than we ever have before. It's terribly difficult when everything seems to be falling apart, but that's actually when we have to do our part to lean into what is working. Everybody, no matter how easy it is for you right now or how hard it is for you right now, every human in this experience is is being pulled into the drama and the chaos and the discomfort, no matter what level of discomfort you're actually living through. So we all have to do whatever we can to lean into what is working and what is thriving. Now, that may be very offensive for me to say that to somebody who's like, screw you. I lost my job. I'm going to be evicted. I'm sick or whatever it is. I I want to really be real about that. But at the same time, no matter how dire the circumstances or how easy they may seem, when we stay in the problem seeking, we only create and attract more problems. So the slightest shift of, okay, well, what is working, right? And even just in this case of of your kid, right? Like what is working? He he has a mom who's on a, on a practice of personal growth. You now have this potential of tapping. You're besties with Gabby, and she has all the tapping experts at her freaking fingertips, <laughs> including, <laughs> and I can tap with him too, right? So, you know, just leaning into these little bits is just, it's a solution-oriented way of being. And mm. I know that you lean there, but it's your. It's funny. It's it's. And I don't want anyone listening to feel any Brit listening to be judged by this. But one of the things I, one of the times I called you out at our, you know, three months of close friendship, was when you were on an Instagram live with me, and you were like, "I'm not the expert," and I was like, "Girl, stop being British.
1: <laughs> own like your sick. own your
0: truth because because these moments, you are indeed in the pursuit of solution seeking. You are indeed yeah a powerful example for this child. You are doing everything right. Everything
1: right. Yeah, I think um, one of the things, and again, it could be very British or it could be sometimes a more female skewed thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, and this is one of the other subjects that I wanted to touch on today. And it could be in regards to prayer. It could be in regards to manifesting you know, looking for solutions, et cetera, that one of the main blocks, I think, seems to be for a lot of people, and I can certainly include myself in this, is even if this is on a subterranean level that we're not conscious of, we don't feel worthy of the outcome. Even if we're saying it, even if we're yeah. praying for something, even if we're trying to manifest for it, deep, deep down, there's something stopping us because we don't think we deserve it. And yeah. I know there are still bits of probably more in my working life where I cap myself because I've got this sort of unworthiness ruminating really low down somewhere because I've, you know, I've dug around a lot and I've picked around and looked at my life and my past and all sorts of stuff. But I know it's still down there and it stops me from, you know, meeting the next right person or making the next right connection or moving on to the next stage of whatever I'm trying to do or achieve. And I think it's such a a huge problem for so many people. And I wonder, you know, where where does that come from? Is that a sort of, a on a societal level, something that we just all imbibe from the general negativity, I guess, that is um, at the moment, certainly omnipresent, that we're kind of told on a subconscious level that we're not worthy or we're not deserving?
0: There's a lot here. One bit is that I think that there is a cultural... Conversation to be had as it relates to feeling unworthy. But then there's this I like that you call it subterranean, this subterranean core belief system that many of us pick up, most people pick up because of a childhood experience or their upbringing or their parents' modeling, whatever it may be, that creates a belief system that who am I to be great? The beautiful quote, the Marianne Williamson quote, my deepest fear is not that I'm inadequate. My deepest fear is that I'm powerful beyond all measure. It's my light, not my darkness that frightens me most. Bam, right? What the OMG? Because what the OMG? Because- it is that. But there's also this thing that I do want to identify because I have many, many close people in my life. One of my dearest friends in the world and COO of my company is a Brit. And I've witnessed her transform from that British mentality of, no, 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 no. I'm not great. I'm not great. To really being around me enough to just be able to say, I'm, I'm fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so just hang out with me a little bit more. But there is definitely this yeah. American belief system. And I do see this in America. There's a big American belief system that, yeah, who? of course I can. Of course I can. Of course I can. And So there is a cultural thing here. So it may just be that we all have that belief that who am I to do this, but that it's magnified in certain cultures. So you've got the double whammy here, maybe. But the thing that's so fascinating about what you're saying is that from the outside, and anyone that's a fan of yours that's watching or listening right now is like, the hell is she talking about? She's so successful. She has so much. She's got this beautiful family, this beautiful husband, this beautiful style, this career, right? So there's this projection onto you. Let's talk about that for a second. There's a projection
1: onto you that she's got it all. But I know what you're saying because mine mine is less of an undulating feeling. Mine is like, it's just kind of there. And Mm. I know it's there. And I might look like I've got my shit together on the outside of things. But that's I reckon, because I'm so passion driven about what I'm doing that I somehow find a way to like, you know, get the guest for the podcast, make it happen, get to a level of confidence where I can do it that day, even if I felt awful in the morning. But it's something that I kind of know is always lurking around there, and I think that many people deal with that, and it does really stop us. And I'm not saying that in a way like I need to achieve more, I need to be bigger, I need to be this and that. I think for me, it's about finding an everyday peace that's what i kind of stop myself from doing because do i deserve to have any element there it is any any element of quiet and calm you know do i deserve that so i don't think it's about always expansion more bigger achievement it's about the people are putting upon me it's more like do i deserve things to be easy there you go that's it okay so first of all this is so cool Thank you for allowing yourself to be the
0: the guinea pig for everybody else listening because this is something that so many people always. suffer with. Yeah, me too. I'm always like, okay, let me tell you all the ways I fuck up so that you cannot do it. Okay, <laughs> here we go. But you're not, this isn't a fuck up. This is a real issue, okay? So uh, that yeah, everybody, yeah, yeah, everybody struggles with. So- so what's fascinating is that you are super inspired by your work. So even with no sleep at night, you can get up and you can just be like interviewed by Eve and you can come back here and just be so authentic and so vulnerable and so true and so bright. And the inspiration is the driving force of your success, period. End of story. Let's just own that. And every human being has the capacity to have the the infinite success that they desire when they tune into that inspired state. Because when you're inspired, you're in spirit, period. Go girl. Okay. Okay. But even yeah. Yeah. in the midst of this like roller coaster of inspiration that's guiding you every single day and just lifting you up and giving you the energy and the words and the force of nature that you are, there's still this story of, I don't deserve this. The feeling of not deserving to feel good. And in Super Attractor, I talk about how it's good to feel good we as humans have developed a defense mechanism against feeling good because our deepest fear is that if we feel good, that it could be taken from us. But when we get into the acceptance that you can feel good no matter what, that even in the midst of the darkest moments, you can have a giggle. Even in the midst of the darkest moments, you can have a cherished connection. That there can be good that can come from the difficult things. That is when we start to adjust that belief system.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I am obsessed with cooking. And I've, you know, humble brag here, I've become a really good cook over the years. And this is something that is just really calming to my nervous system and really allows me to be in you know, almost like a meditative process. And that's why I am obsessed with Green Chef. It's the first USDA certified organic meal kit company that makes eating well, easy and affordable with plans to fit every lifestyle, keto, paleo, plant powered diets, or just, you know, a delicious balanced dish. Everything is handpicked and delivered right to your door. Recipes include pre made and pre measured sauces, dressings, spices, and they make you feel like you're a master chef. And when you practice these recipes, you learn all these really cool techniques that you can bring into your own cooking. And I just got the pineapple teriyaki salmon with broccoli, bell pepper, and carrot stir fry with cashews. Oh my goodness, (laughs) this was so delicious. The ingredients came pre measured and mostly prepped. So I spent less time with all the cooking and more time enjoying it with my family next week i have the boom boom chicken with snap pea slaw honey glazed sesame carrots cashews and i'm kind of hungry right now just thinking about it seriously you'll be so psyched you never get bored you just let green chef hook you up with sustainable meals offsetting hundred percent of its direct carbon emission and plastic packaging in every box and their veggies come straight from the farm. So now you can avoid the long lines in the grocery store and just go to Green Chef and get everything you need. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. Go to greenchef.com slash G-A-B-B-Y 125 and use code G-A-B-B-Y 125 to get $125 off, including free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash G-A-B-B-Y 125 and use the code gabby125 to get $125 off including free shipping. I actually wrote something down today I wanted to share with you. It's about rejection, but let's let's talk about it from the standpoint of difficulty or or failure or I wrote if you see rejection as guidance, then what is there to fear? And so as it relates to Wait, say that again. If you see rejection as and let's not even use the word rejection, if you see a difficult moment or rejection or something falling apart as a form of guidance, then what is there to fear? That's the, wow. that's the shift, right? Because the belief of I'm not worthy of this or I don't deserve this is actually a defense mechanism against the feeling of rejection or the feeling of loss or the feeling of things falling apart or the feeling of things not continuing the way that, they, that you want them to.
1: Wow, I need to like seriously sit and have that just implanted into my head for a good couple of hours because that's quite a a huge thought, isn't it? It's um it gives you the opportunity to to have a different perspective on things and just to pull focus, I think, really. That gives you the chance to pull focus on everything and just widen it out. Like what is really going on here? Because mm-hmm. I think we get so drawn in, don't we to like the tiny minutiae of your life, what's going on in your head. Totally. And, and we just forget to kind of broaden it out and look at what's really going on. And I think that exact phrase that I'm going to have to write down and keep saying over and over is giving us the chance to do that. Because the fear of being unworthy is a fear of rejection in a way.
0: It's a fear yeah, that, that completely. who am I to be great who am i to accept happiness who am i to be at ease
1: yeah there's there's certainly this um this fear around it going because we mm. we know that you know although happiness might be our base that we try and always head back to we know that it it might not last forever or for a big chunk of time so i think we do feel edgy with the fear that it's ephemeral and that it's going to just sort of just disappear right also i think and this again could be a very british thing i think that we're we're sort of worried that if we are happy and we're walking around acting happy that somebody's going to go well it's all right for you it's all right for you look at your life it's all right for you and then that could lead us into shame or guilt and, and all of right. that heavy stuff. Right. And that feels like quite a British thing that we all do. It's all right for them. They've got, and we make tons of assumptions. Right. We have no clue what's going on with anyone's lives, you know, right. barely our own family members. Right. It's all right for them. They've they've got this, they've sorted that, blah, blah, blah. And I think often our reaction to that, if we are truly feeling happy, is to feel guilty. Like, oh my God, there are people suffering everywhere. And And this is the one big thing that I've learned more recently is, say I am feeling really happy and it could be for an hour of my day. Even though I, you know, intellectually know that there are millions of people suffering on the earth right now in third world countries, in poverty, people losing family members, etc. Me being happy isn't disrespecting their pain. If I also go into pain, I am no help to anybody. And I think that's the only way I've been able to eradicate that guilt of God, I feel happy, but there's people that I know are suffering. Mm-hmm. I can't be helpful unless I'm feeling all right. And thats that's been the most powerful way for me to accept happiness and to really lean into it. And I remember once listening to Brené Brown mm-hmm. talking about somebody that she had been in one of her studies when she was, you know, getting collating stats. And this guy had lost his wife. And he was being interviewed about it. And his main regret was that he had never really wanted to lean into happiness because he was so scared that something bad would happen. Mm. And then something really bad did happen. And the same outcome was present. But he just hadn't lent into happiness for years and years and years. But the outcome is still the same. correct? And that really like hit me between the eyes when I heard that one. Like, oh, my God that doesn't stop bad things happening, you know, leaning into happiness. It just means you're not leaning into it. You're not getting any happiness. You're not having fun along the way to whatever is coming. Yes. What a weird, like, we're such a bunch of weirdos. They're like such a strange warped psychology around all of this and how we view happiness. Like, because there's a lot of cynicism in the UK as well. Like, oh, happiness, whatever. Yeah. And that should be the thing that we're reaching for right now, even in a global pandemic. Because if we want to, you know, find some joy, that's the only way we're going to get it is choosing to look for the little tiny bits that we can that are going to make us feel better, all feeling in pain and, you know, suffering or whatever. That's not going to help any of us at all. And I've had to really work to reframe all of that and view it in a totally different way to get rid of guilt, basically, like get rid of guilt, get it away. You actually
0: nailed it, not surprisingly. You nailed it. <laughs> my my uh, my late mentor and friend, Dr. Wayne Dyer, said had a great quote, uh, something along the lines of, "No amount of lack will help the poverty in the world. No amount of your lack will help the poverty in the world. And that goes for no amount of discomfort or sadness or or pain and suffering is going to help all the suffering that's happening in the world. Meaning that." your job is actually to lean into what's working, lean into what's thriving, lean into the joy, inspiration, and abundance that is happening in your life. Because it's only then, when you're in that space, that you actually have the energy to show up for others, that you actually have the capacity to earn more so you can give more and employ more and donate more. Our minimization of our presence and our capacity does not serve the world. Does not serve the world.
1: Yeah, it's such a huge one. And I think, you know, we can all use it on an everyday level, like by thinking of ourselves in a very reductive manner, like you've just said, or by squashing our happiness, because we know that our next door neighbor is having an awful time. You know, we instantly just apply guilt to it. And I think that is really dangerous because, you know, our happiness and our smiling over the garden fence might bring them a little bit of joy, like in an everyday sense. Right. Like we can, we can spread that and we can, we don't have to feel guilty about it. And, you know, because I've spoke to a few people this pandemic and said, you know, how, how has it been for you, whether it's musicians on my radio show or whatever. And some of them have said, God, I feel really bad saying this, but I've really enjoyed not touring, right. being at home, having a simple experience. But I feel really bad saying that. And it's, again, probably quite a British thing, but so strange that we should feel bad about that so that then from that place of feeling really good, we can help people. It hasn't got to be like helping everybody, but helping our next-door neighbour, exactly. go and do a bit of shopping for them. Exactly. Or just being super kind to your mum on the phone because right. she's having a rough ride. We, we need to get rid of all that guilt and, oh, I feel bad for saying this, and just really own being happy. Right. And I think in America, you're maybe better at doing that like you know we're gonna be happy we want to be happy or aiming for stuff you know maybe not we we want to be happy but there's a lot of like like, there's a lot of like
0: fake happiness around too like
1: people yeah yeah yeah
0: hunting that they're well when they're really not and sometimes I think that when we're actually our happiest it's because we're telling the truth it's because we're just in the moment like today sucked and then it's like Okay. When totally. I think
1: about it? <laughs> totally. Like, I, I know you're talking about. Like, I would almost call that like synthetic happiness, where it yeah. all it looks bloody lovely. Like, oh my god, look at the shininess. So we, you know, this could be social media or even just you know people that you know around town or whatever. And I'm not like that. I cannot be like that. I might have in the past, maybe in my twenties, I wasn't necessarily right. confident enough in saying this is what I'm really feeling. Most of my happiness, um, certainly in my career, derives from a place of just being really honest. Yeah. And just and again, going back to the beginning of our conversation, connection. Like I want connection more than anything else in my life, like with my family, with my friends, with people that I'm interviewing. I just want to feel connected. We all do because we are. We are. Obviously, we know this. We're inherently connected. But the modern world has created this sort of individualism and us thinking in a very sort of specific single-minded way to get ahead or whatever and it's like we know we're all connected we just get told on a societal level again that we're all against each other or there's things to argue about or whatever but we're all connected and that sort of connection is the main thing that makes me feel good and that can only be forged by being honest right in my
0: company we're just working on this radical honesty practice where we're going to roll out weekly radical honesty calls with our at the executive level and with the with all the team members because one of the biggest faults in my business is that i haven't been honest enough because i've haven't wanted to hurt somebody's feelings or and this isn't just in business this is in friendship this is in oh my God, it's everywhere in my life. Like I just have had a 41-year journey of learning how to tell people I'm not happy with what's up. And it's a skill. It gets it gets easier with time. But that's really what people want most. The deepest connections are those and the strongest relationships and, and working relationships and partnerships and romantic relationships are those where the partners can come to each other from not a place of blaming and shaming, but from a place of grounded, as in IFS therapy would call it, self, grounded, centered, your adult resource self, the part of you that would speak to your child as an adult, coming with with no agenda, but to, but to just
1: tell the truth with love and say, yo, this isn't working. Yeah, whatever. like, what is that? Like, can you define what that, because it's a real equilibrium that I think you've got to understand to have that honesty come from the best possible place? Because- I've definitely struggled with this over the years. It's one of the reasons why I wrote my book, Speak Your Truth, because I have found it very hard to set boundaries and to have those conversations. More recently, I've been thinking about it on the receiving end because, you know, I, I have had someone in my life who has kind of told me a lot of things that they feel to be true about me. I, I don't think they're necessarily true. And they felt like they're coming from a place of blame rather than it right. being a place of total truth. But I'm sure to them, it just feels like they're being really honest with me. Right. That I'm this, that I've done this, that I haven't done this, etc. And I, I think I'm still trying to understand that and take responsibility for the bits that I know are true and that I can change or do. And the bits that actually I can park because that's actually not my shit. Correct. You Correct. Know what I mean? Correct.
0: Correct. 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 Okay. There's a lot here. So really… Okay. This is so major. So what happens when we feel that someone has told us the truth, but we feel shamed or blamed, we have to check in with ourselves and ask ourselves, is that me or is that them? Because one, everyone has these protector parts and they're parts of ourselves that are like, when we feel shamed or blamed, we want to say F you, leave me alone. Don't, don't speak to me like that. But there's also the protector part of the person who is telling the truth, that it may be shaming and blaming so they don't have to feel the pain of whatever it is that you've inflicted upon them or they feel that you've inflicted upon them. So the answer is it could be both. It could be you and it could be them. It could be your protector part being defensive about something that rings true. And it could be their protector part instilling this vibe of blame and shame onto you that you're just like, dude, I don't want that. So that's why when we do speak our truth, we must make sure that we're doing it from a place of, as IFS would say, self, but I'll call it groundedness, with no agenda. The only agenda is to bring love. And if the only desire is to bring forth love, then the truth cannot harm someone in the sense that you are, mm-hmm. you are not harmful. They may still get defensive because it's painful for them to hear that truth, but you can trust that your side of the street is clean. So oh, boy, there's just so yeah. much to say around this. My goodness. From that perspective. It's so tricky, isn't it? I want you to share though. So I had two copies of Speak Your Truth sent to me, thank God. And that was such a good point of being in a good mood. I gave it to this woman who does some work for me and she was so lit up because she had heard me my interview with you and she was like so psyched to get this book and it's so colorful and bright. And she was just like, I made her year, right? To have be handed this book. So yeah. it's just so nice. Thank you for sending me to you by accident because I needed to give it away. And and <laughs> and everybody listening, if you're in England and, and, and in Europe, you can buy it, but but the, the hardcover, but then you can listen to it audibly anywhere in the world. And yeah, worldwide. Yeah. Worldwide audible experience. So from the perspective of regardless of of the core message of the book, I want
1: to hear from you, what does it mean to you to speak your truth? It means confidence, I guess. It's, it's rooted for me in confidence and feeling safe because I think so often I haven't felt safe to say what I've wanted. And I've been really floored by what we've just talked about. You know, how much of this is me coming from a place of blame and how much of this is me needing something or telling someone I can't do this for you. And I was awful at it in my 20s. And I think it's only something now, as I turn 40 this year, that I really want to nail because I want to cultivate healthy relationships, set boundaries, have good working relationships, you know, better relationships with friends, family members, whatever, by being honest. And I think it's probably also a generational thing because the mindset, I think, has changed over the years. And I'm not saying that in a derogatory way to past generations, because, my God, you know, my nans and granddads lived through world wars. And the kind of thought process during that time was to be stoic, to get through right. it, to keep yeah. your head held high, to keep Stay stern, alive. don't say a thing, just plow on. And that seeped through the generations. and Well, two, because it's my mum's parents or my dad's parents. So... You know, I think the mindset has slightly changed. And rather than keep shut, don't say a thing, just plow on, we Mm. are now getting to a place where we want to actually be open with people and talk more. You know, it's a real sort of complex generational thing. But there's certainly... And and also, this was a really interesting moment the other week. I was talking to the brilliant Sarah Wilson, who's a great friend of mine, Australian writer, so wise, so smart. Another blondie. And she said to me... (laughs) Oh, I love her. She she said to me with um, with absolute love because we adore each other. She said, you feel like you didn't get the guidebook at how to do life, right? And I was like, yeah, that's it. I feel like everybody else got the book and I didn't get the book and I haven't read the rules and I keep getting it wrong. And she's like, well, I feel like that too. And, you know, we we all feel like that. Mm. So I think I've previously not spoken up because I felt like, Everybody else knows better anyway, so I'm Hmm. not going to say my thing because they know. They know the rules. They know what's going on. They've got the lived experience, blah, blah, blah. And I think now I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I've had some pretty wildlife experiences, pretty out of the norm and some pretty testing times. And I've spoken to a lot of amazing people with big brains and expansive thought concepts. And I'm ready to really start saying what I need to say now. But I will caveat that with saying that I am still very much learning because like I just said, you know, with the situation where I have someone in my life who has kind of said all this stuff to me, I feel flawed by that rather than knowing intuitively what the right thing to do is. So I I approach all projects from the point of view that here's what I know and here's what I've learned. But also, I'm being really honest, I still really struggle with this stuff. And um, and I think that helps because again, there's all the silly myths about people in the public eye who have got it all sussed mm-hmm. and everything's sorted and smooth. And it's like, that is not the case. So I'm very much coming from that place. But I think it's probably one of the trickiest things to do because there's nuance and there's all sorts of things you can look at within Speaking Your Truth. But To me, it seems like something most people feel they have had difficulty with over the years. Well,
0: what's so profound about what Sarah said to you and your acceptance of that is that she said to you, oh, well, you feel like you never got the guidebook on how to get it right. But here you are, here she is, here I am writing the guidebooks on how we got it wrong so that we could get it right. That's the generational yes. difference. Yes, here we are, you know, in our in our forties. You're just about in your forties, with the awareness, the self awareness that getting it right is about the acceptance that we got it wrong. That's that's the shift, right? Yeah, now.
1: it is, and it's so. I never actually thought of it like that. It's so interesting, and I guess how boring a guidebook of any kind would be that came from a place of I did this and I got it right. Here's how I did this and I got it right. Here's how, mm-hmm. I mean, yawn. I would just think mm-hmm. I don't want to read this book. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, I, and I know Sarah definitely feels like this and I know you do. I love picking around in pain and seeing what's there and what's to be learned and and what, and what it, you know, just what it leads to. I'm fascinated by it. So I, I think, you know, I will always come from that place when I'm, talking and thinking and because it's interesting and I don't like to label any of that stuff necessarily negative because there's so much expanse that comes from you know the darkness of life So you much. know it's there we can't pretend we all live in this like beautiful existence where everything's amazing everything's going to turn out just how we want and everybody around us is going to be lovely and react in a way that we want them to because there is there is dark and there is light and there is You know, a lot of stuff that is so out of our control going on all over the planet right now. And it's dangerous, I think, to totally blank all of that out or blank out your own pain, your own experience in the past that's been negative because it will come up and bite you in the arse. So I think a big part of speaking your truth is really honoring what your truth has been or what your story has been. Yes. Um, You don't have to believe in every bit of it. Like you don't have to go, this happened to me, so I am an awful person or this happened to me, so I will always feel in pain. I think it's about honoring it and saying, okay, yes, that happened rather than, oh my God, it didn't happen, it didn't happen, it didn't happen, which I've tried to do and it doesn't work. Honoring it and seeing what you can learn from it, yet totally not being defined by it because that isn't helpful to anyone. And
0: and to not override it because we have to be... In the presence of that dark experience in order to see the guidance that we are being being gifted. We have to see the guidance that we are being gifted so we can yeah. learn from it and grow from it. So this this conversation, thankfully, doesn't have to end for me because— I can just call you tomorrow on Facetime and chat with you more. And the funny, the funny thing is, (laughs) is you know, some people might be like, "Okay, like Gabby sounds like a preacher," but this is actually how I talk. (laughs) Like, you can you can attest to this. Like on on our Facetimes, I will be like, "Well, here's the deal," you know. But you know, when I get when I get super passionate, I I start literally start channeling like my inner preacher. But that's just what comes through, and I'm so so grateful to have someone so willing to jump in and go there with me to have such a intimate friendship virtually. We've never actually met in person, everybody. We've only known each other for a few months, but but it's a sisterhood that, dude, when we meet in person, I, my whole body's going to like con- go into a convulsion. I'm going to freak out. All right, Fern, I want you to choose which deck you want me to pull from. I'm going to give you, I'm going to pull a card for you from Super Attractor, or Spirit Junkie, or The Universe Has Your Back. I'm going to close this show with your card reading. Let me know which one you want. The Universe Has Your Back, Spirit Junkie, or Super Attractor. You make the call. Oh, can I have Super Attractor? Let's set the intention for the card that is of the highest good from the Super Attractor deck, the card that is the highest good for Fern right now. When I make joy a priority, brilliant ideas will come naturally support will surround me and movements will form. I honestly can't yes! think of a better card for her That's than that so card. That's so weird.
1: That's exactly what we've been talking this about. Exactly what we've been talking always. about. Always. Oh, bloody it's love you. It's all about
0: cultivating a presence of joy, brilliant ideas moving through you when you allow that presence of joy to move through you naturally and to trust, my love, that you are always being supported and that you are indeed expressing this truth in the pursuit of a movement of love. And I am so proud to call
1: you my friend. Gabby, thank you so much. What a total honor. I mean, if you told me that a year ago, I would have fainted with joy because, as you know, I've been such a massive fan. And to now not only call you a mate, but also to be privileged enough to sit and just have that time talking to you freely What a joy. And I love my card. I'm going to honor it. I might even put it in a little frame in my office. So I always look at it. I think the theme of this chat for me has really been, we all need to just cultivate joy. And I've really got to take heed of that. So thank you, Gabby.
0: I love you, baby. I love you. If you made it to the end of this episode that means you're truly committed to miracles i'm really proud of you if you want to get more gabby tune in every monday for a new episode make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of the guidance or special bonus episodes your experience of this show means a lot to me so i really want to welcome you to leave an honest review and you can follow me on social media at gabby bernstein and if you want to get in on the action sign up for a chance to be dear gabby live at deargabby.com. see you next week gabby